Hey friends, welcome to the Great Day Podcast. I'm your friend and host, Mayor K. And today I want to take a moment to thank you. That's right, you, the listener, for showing up and listening and choosing the Great Day Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Comment, rate, it's totally free. It goes a long way. And if you've gotten any value from this at all, be sure to share it with your friends, your family. Let it be known that the Great Day Podcast is out there and we show up every single Monday to share more positivity, more inspiration, more ways to have a great day with you through the incredible guests that we bring on to the show. And talking about incredible guests, we have Nissan Black. He's an American-Israeli rapper, originally known as D-Black. Nissan grew up as a Muslim. He practiced Christianity, and then he finally converted to Judaism with his wife and moved his family to the Holy Land. Nissim is a super talented artist and performer, bringing an authentic and fresh sound to the Jewish music industry. We cover his journey from dealing drugs on the streets of Seattle to building a life and career in Israel. There's a whole lot of inspiration along the way. This is one jaw-dropping Great Day podcast episode coming right up with you, to you with the one and truly only Nissim Black. Nissan Black, good to have you on the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing, man. You know, you give me physic just seeing you, you know what I mean? You make me want to dance or do cartwheels or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, man, I'm with you. I'm yeah, with you. The, the, the energy um, and, and the feelings are, are full on mutual, man. I, 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 it's always, this is, you know, this is sort of a cute little shtickle gullus, but at the same time, I think we're elevating the platform. You know, right now we're on Zoom for those who are listening, and uh, we got to pivot in this era uh, with uh, quarantine and such and the lockdown. So it's actually breeding new opportunity as well to be able to facilitate these these podcasts uh, through the interweb. So it's uh, I'm, I'm glad. So right now you're 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 based right now in Israel. You're in Israel right now. Yes, right now I'm in the holy city of Beit Shemesh, Baruch Hashem, uh, enjoying every bit of it. So we're not uh, we're not as locked down anymore. I th- I think well we're almost we're almost back to normal over here. So what's sure. uh how are you? I mean for for someone who's in lockdown and and what's you know the what's all going on in the world? You've been quite busy, man. You've been cooking. I mean, <laughs> new music, new music videos. You just launched a new one yesterday. Win. I mean, and for those right. who are listening, I mean today is May twenty seventh. So like. 2020 i mean you've been yeah i mean where people will find their time to just lay down relax you know binge watch a new tv show you're like i'm creating <laughs> yeah no i i mean i really went into the lockdown now you know just trying to really figure out like you know how do i keep life going you know um so it's been a little bit of a um it's been a little bit of a of a hard situation to really adapt to uh, you know i think that that way for everybody but no, I think you said it right, man. Like we just was like, okay, well, this can't stop, you know, the creativity right now. Right now, we still have to be active. People still need music, and you know, I take this. You know, when I when I decided to make music again or come back to music, I looked at it for real. Like this is a mission for my shim. So uh, this takes a little bit of uh, as as digdusha, you know, Ravnake <laughs> talks about. You know, you gotta be gotta be bold and brave and go out, you know, and uh, make sure that you are. Uh, you know, fulfilling what you're supposed to be doing. So, 100%. And did did you find that it was difficult to 
get into a flow of, of creativity in this, in this period of time? Um, did you have to like work on some inner work and herself or it was like, you know what, you know, business is still open. It's just, we're just another day at the office. Right. No, I mean, we did a lot of like planning, you know, um, it came for me at a, at a very, very like critical time when all this happened, you know, I had just, I was just in New York in LA and, um, my last record, Motherland Bounce, had just came out, which, you know, took the world It was bouncing, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro, I mean, listen. But, you know, <laughs> I guess I, I didn't expect, yeah, 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 keep going, I didn't keep expect, going. like, for it to, like, make that much of a splash, you know what I'm saying? Even I'm saying even outside the Jewish world. So when I went to New York and L.A., I just left from Universal, Sony, Warner. Everybody was talking about this song. I come back, and it's like, all right you know, you may have to go into quarantine when you get back here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was right. like, hold on, what just happened? I was just out, like, having an amazing, like, how did, what, it was like, in a second, everything transformed. And I was just sort of like, well, you know, what what do I do? You know, I think I took it as a time of like, okay, it's really a time for self, you know, reflection. And, and really, I think my Avodah Hashem has gone to another place from this lockdown. Um, and then I, and then on top of that, I thought I was like, I can't stop. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't mm. stop creating music. So um, that's, I just, I've been busy, man. Been very, very busy creating Dude, content. The sure. I mean, I, I'm just waiting for the mother ba- motherland bounce tutorial dance tutorial to come out because I just gotta learn, <laughs> I gotta learn how to do that, that, that move, bro. It's simple, but like, oh, it gets me going. That was I'm magic. sure you will have no problem doing it. <laughs> Fair enough, man. But I, I was like, I got to get that in my repertoire. I'll bring that to the bar mitzvah scene hey, very, very soon. Right. Was, there, was there, is there a pressure? Like, you know, you, you just dropped Win right now, um, which I thought right. was fantastic. I mean, the video is, is something quite different. And we haven't seen, I think, right. in the, definitely in the Jewish world, uh, for that matter. Right. Um, was that filmed in Israel? Yeah, we filmed it in um, the forest of Tsara which is right outside, not too far from Beit Shemesh. It's basically part of Beit Shemesh. Um, we shot it over there. And um, yeah, that's, that's my life. The true, truth is, everything about it was Seattle Deshmaya. I had an idea. I came back, when I came back and we started the quarantine, I just, I had this idea. Um, very interesting, Leroy, who um, co-directed and shot the video, he did a Purim clip years, years ago. Um, and it circulates every year around Purim, this clip, you know, about the, about, you know, the Nazis, Nakshmo, and, and how it was, how it was related to Haman and, and the sons of Haman. And that clip went out and I said, like, who's this guy? I need this guy. Right. Yeah. And I started calling him and we started planning a video that we had no idea when the authorities were going to let us shoot it. And we were calling the Mr. Ida Beirut every day. We do it now? No. We do it now? No. No, no. And, and tell her, like, you know, the last time we didn't even call, we just seen that they lifted so many restrictions. And we went in, boom, shot a video. <laughs> it's like, you know, wow. we, we didn't know. We had so sexy after the Shemaya. Police came by. They were there watching. Came by, like, 10 cop cars came by. They were fun. They didn't that was, stop, you know? But, that uh, was, that was the a... best we could. We wore masks in between, you know. So. Mm. <laughs> That was no, that was insane. You got horseback riding, you got some sword fighting, you got incredible right, right. like virtual. I mean, uh, effects in that. I mean, Shavisi Hashem and Summit coming up on that net. Right. Wow. Right, powerful. Right. 
powerful stuff. But you know what? What stuck out for me, Nissim, was that I feel like this was your first music video. Even when Mother Lum Dance, you, you're you're rocking the hat, the capata. This I felt like was your first music video where that garb wasn't seen. And uh, you know and what? It, you're right. You're right. I'm curious to know, like, was you know, was that a conscious decision, and is this part of a, a new brand, a new, you know, a new, a new Nissan Black? Um, I mean, I definitely don't plan on walking around in sheets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how stylish that would be. Um, but the truth right. is, no. I mean, in terms of like, you know, videos, I feel like right now, just like, um, and even musically, people, you know, can can notice also too. It's much more of a traditional um, hip hop sound. Um, coming out, I just been doing a lot of soul searching, and and you know I went to a few tzaddikim that I was I was close to in Yerushalayim, and um, and wanted to know the emmas, which was a re real hard transition for me, but you know I sort of realized that there is you know to some degree there's a whole nother crowd um, of not only Yidden but um, you know people that just have sparks that want to be close to Hashem, that you know we're supposed to be or going, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And there was no, there's, <clears throat> there has to be some type of, um, uh, some way to reach where Hashem's like to go to places that it's never been before, you know? And I really assumed that responsibility, you know what I'm saying? After talking to my Rob, Rob Arush, obviously, really gave me a strength in that as he's, you know, involved in a similar business, more so on the book side and other forms of media. But. I just really looked at it in a way that how can I be relatable, even with Motherland Bounce, like, you know what I'm saying, doing, uh, 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 you know, uh, somewhat of a spoof on coming to America. Everybody's seen that movie. So I just wanted to be in a space to where, um, you know, Hashem's light isn't blocked out or obscured by, oh, wow, he's, he's, he's very, very religious. But if you listen to what I'm saying, you'll understand, you know, where I'm coming from. Right. Do you feel, I mean, I, I, I hear that. And I feel like there's such like, there's, there's such a delicacy and like that balance between like keeping things kosher, things for Hashem, but then also like, where's that line when it comes to secular? Are you afraid that you're going to lose some of your old, you know, following and, but, but you'll be creating some new people. Like what, what was, right. well, I guess, what was that journey? What has the recent journey been like for you that you've started to realize like, wait a second, I want to quote unquote get a bit more edgier in the sense. And, and, right, and maybe, right. right. Yeah. I think I think it's just been you know over the years of you know um, I've been I've been talking to host a lot of bar from most of these boys are from mainstream yeshivas the mirror um, Yagdil uh, you know what I'm saying uh, you know Rob Soloveitchik when I was in Yerushalayim I was having 30 40 boys every week uh, Friday night and um, and so every once in a while you know I have all just all Hasidic boys Friday night and whatever. Well, and in between that, just the work I do with boys that are not operating in this space, there maybe less, maybe from, you know, um, uh, <clears throat> say names also to Waterbury, all the way to Fisher's Yeshiva, different, you know, and I, I, I just sort of circled that space and talked to a lot of friends. And I, and I started to notice the only difference is, not with everybody, um, but the biggest difference is, is Lavouche. You know what I mean? Um, there, 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 there's a lot of... Um, and I feel like for me also too, I'll say like this, I've been to many different tzaddikim. All the different tzaddikim or people that we call holy men are all not cookie cutter. You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? They don't fit inside that, that box that, oh, you got to do this and you have to, they don't fit inside that box. But then at the same time, neither, none of them look like each other neither. You know, 
Mm-hmm. So we say on this, so there's Avraham ben Rav Nachman um, of Breslov, who was the son of Rav Nachman Nass- uh, Tulchin, who was the main town of the Rav Nassim of Breslov, who was the main town of the Rav Nachman. He said like this, he said that, uh, that, that, that the reason why, maybe the Chirina also talks about this, I see by Chirina Rav, said that the reason why he says, Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzhak, Elokei Yaakov, is because each one of them owned Hashem in their own way. Each one of them had their own relationship with Hashem. And I start to feel like musically and creatively, I was getting into a space of where I felt very like, you know, um, unable to, to, to express who I am. The certain, I felt a limitation. And, and by that, I felt like I wasn't being of service to the people I need to be of service to. Um, it was sort of like a real self-reflection type of thing. And and then obviously after that, you know, after doing a lot of dabbling, you go and speak with, with people that you feel like will be able to understand and to give you hadrafa. So mm-hmm. um, that was really what it was. It's just sort of like looking at it. And I seen, like I said, a lot of boys, man, this is what they're listening to. It's unfortunate that a lot of people will like to, we cover things up a lot and different things like that. But a lot of people listening to way worse things than Denise and Black. But little did they know I was on the, I was Arab Shabbos music for a lot of these boys. So I feel you. You have to understand, you know, I want to be able to, to, to reach in the shamas and hit them in a place where they're really going to understand me. Do you feel like, I mean, and maybe this is, like, do you feel like you always have to be answering, like defending yourself constantly? Like, you know, with, when it comes to, like, with, with who you are, the music you're producing, mm-hmm. like, you're always on the defense. It's like, yo, give me, give me some bread, man. Give me some, you know, some support here. <laughs> right, right. So I feel like, you know, as as you know, even though there's been somewhat somewhat of a shift sonically, which which I'm not sad. I'm a creator, so I make music like this. And me and Yisha Rebo's been talking about doing a song. Obviously, it wouldn't be like when or whatever. Hopefully, that'll come. But I'm just saying, sure. like you know, in terms of cre- creativity, I'm gonna make what my heart feels. And and I feel like that. Yeah, I'm saying even from Lamala to Hashem Elek to all those songs. I've been hearing it for a long time, you know what I'm saying, no matter what I did. So I do feel like there's a sense of people like like pushing me to try to defend my point and all those other things. But it's just sort of like, you know, when you're so confident in what you're doing and you feel like what you're doing is 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 on is, Hashem, what can I, you know what I'm saying, what am I going to argue back with somebody else about? What I feel already is is comfortable. I'm I'm comfortable with this. I'm not right. I'm not uncomfortable in my own skin. So I don't feel like I have to explain as much. But I feel like people always want or they need or you know what I'm saying we're getting man. We're very opinionated. Period. Anyway, you know what I'm <laughs> That's right. Right. I, I I rather people look at it like this. You know, like you know, um, there there are there are kosher restaurants. Right. There's kosher restaurants. Not every single kosher restaurant sells gefilte fish. Um, and and uh, and Google and you know oh, what I'm saying. Hey, Mr. Sure not. That right. Yeah, and and if you really want to be successful as a kosher restaurant, you would also want going to walk into your restaurant, right? You also mm-hmm. want people who are not religious. So I think that the I think that as long as people can respect it from that point, I'm not going out. I'm not changing my kashras, but I do feel like it's important to cast a cast a bigger net because. Um, I have the ability to do that. You understand what I'm saying? And I have the antibodies from that world. Um, so to where I feel like 
you know, I'm at least strong enough. It doesn't mean I don't fear it, but it means that, you know, I feel like, you know, I have what it takes to be able to do that. And like you said, like, it's not like you're going in like, hey, you know, this, these are my standards or these are like the rules that I put and set into place. It seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you do lean on rabbinical supervision or you have your rabbis and your mentors that you talk to and say, hey, you know, is this, no, no pun intended, kosher to, to pursue? Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's tremendous, man. That's, that's, that's really tremendous. But I, I mean, of course, I mean, to, to talk about, I mean, I love to know, you know, where Nissan Black is going, especially I love the new brand and, and this, this new message that you're, you're embracing. But, you know, before we could like go forward, I, w- I want to delve into a bit where, where Nissan came from, you know, and, yeah, um, right. and I think it's a story that, you know, you may have said once or twice on different platforms, but I think here, I know for myself, I love, to, I'm just curious to know a bit more. And I know people who would be listening to uh, as well could get a lot of like strength from it as well. So just to like, and you know, get, get some preface, man, you grew up in Seattle, Washington, and uh, right. your parents were both rappers themselves, musicians, creatives. So you, you grew up in a house of music, right? Like this is like, this right. is your upbringing. And, and you were yeah, rolling absolutely. with rappers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so like, so there was no question when you, when you growing up, you know, who were like your role models or, or what would be, what did you want to grow up as a kid? Was it, was it to be a rapper? Always. Always. That's never mm. changed. <laughs> I mean, I guess yeah. to some degree, um, there was a there was a point where um, where where I did I took rap off when I actually when I started my um, garrison I took it very very seriously. I actually left rap. I left music altogether. There was at one point I didn't listen to music at all for um, um, I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't I didn't listen to music for maybe two years. Only like Hazanas even. You know, and so it was very, very, you know, you go hard one way because you feel like very much so like, no, I got to stay away from anything in that space. It's like, and, um, and I felt like just after maturity and which was still a hard transition, you know, I had a miracle story that I told about a microphone that, that worked, but at that same time, I was getting a lot of push. I mean, rebellion inside the, the, the community that I was in in Seattle and other friends and different things like that, that was sort of pushing me. So. I, you know, but as far back as I can go, music was always um, a part of what I wanted to be in my future. So, but that was only one flip side. On the other flip side of that, you know, my parents um, also too, they were drug dealers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yay. So I also grew up <laughs> seeing that type of environment. And, um, you know, I was already, you know, smoking pot by the time I was nine years old. I was dealing at 12 years old. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and so... I grew up in an environment to where my role models were, you know what I'm saying, were, were people in the hood, people that, you know, grew up like me. In the musical standpoint, I was Biggie Smalls, Jay-Z, Tupac, you know, that was like the, the, the space and the era of, of what to be. And to be quite honest, didn't really think outside of the box with that, you know what I'm saying? I was either going to the, to the NFL or to, or to, you know, or to the Grammys, you know, um, yeah. and, and, it doesn't, I think the biggest shift that's changed from then until now is that instead of music being my life, it's much more so a, a tool for me now that I can use to reach people. You know what I'm saying? It's just a viable platform for me to be able to do it. And, you know, and, and my aspiration is to be, you know what I'm saying, successful as I can to be able to reach as many neshamas as I can. Right. Um, as opposed to where back in the day it was like, I'm going to sleep, eat, and drink that. No, obviously, now I have to dive in shocks. Now, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I have there's there's something a bit more, right, it's a bit more than just like, <laughs> it's, it's just a bit more to that. The, the source is not 
you're not being fed. Your sustenance right. is not the music per se. It's it's just it's uh, you you get fed by something higher and then you share that through through your music. <laughs> There's five people on exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. Right. That's that, right. That's amazing. So what's it called? Um, the when it comes to the actual cre like, sorry to bring it back. Um, where where and how did you like you're doing living your life? You know, whether it's spitting rap or you're you're dealing drugs, you're making mm -hmm. you living you're making your life. This is your reality. How do you get shaken? I mean, and also you weren't no you were no um, stranger to religion, right? Like you grew up as a Sunni Muslim. Right. Like your grandfather was a Muslim. Um, and then like what happens at 13, 14 years old that you sort of like switch to Christianity and, and start this spiritual journey to like find something deeper and more. So the, the biggest thing was, um, that, that I don't usually get details. Like I was always a very, very, um, deep kid, very, very deep kid. I think I thought deeply, I used to think about God. I thought a lot about afterlife and I was very um, I don't know why my brain was in that space, but it was that in that place very, very often. And the wondering, and you know, I spent a lot of time looking at the clouds. And so, when I was 13 years old, or 14, yeah, 13, I started going to a hip hop program um, that was uh, at a Christian day center called the Union Gospel Mission. And going there was good for me because it got me away from. Uh, my home environment, you know, I was very, very busy um, at the house, you know, trying to just be a kid, but at the same time, you know, the <laughs> very hard when you got 30, 40 people running in and out of the house uh, all the time, and you know what I'm saying, like I said, the, the trafficking and, and whatever, so it was a lot of, um, it was a lot of things that made me feel like pressure all the time, like I had to be, or I had to be older than what I really was, or I had to be, so, um, uh, what I what I did by going to this place is sort of like gave me uh, a sense of, of belonging and, and freedom from that. And um, eventually they invited me to a camp, which was like a missionary camp. Now they knew that I was, uh, you know, Muslim, at least I would say I was Muslim. But, uh, you know, with my grandfather being Muslim, you have to realize he ended up going to prison. I think when I was maybe 10 or something like that or 11, um, wow. where he ended up, unfortunately, that's where he passed away. At. He spent most of his life in prison, but... He was out on parole and, and whatever. So when he ended up going back, I would just say I was a Muslim, but I wasn't like, how much was I practicing? I don't know. And right before that camp happened is when I had an uncle who was also Muslim who, you know, started pushing me along a little bit. And then I ended up going to this camp, which is like a Christian missionary camp. And the experience there was just like, wow. You know what I'm saying? If anybody wow. knows how to do it, missionaries know how to do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Best salesman in town, huh? <laughs> best salesman in town you know what i mean and wow. good people i'm not saying they're not the bad people just like they they know how to do what they do you know and sure so i went there and had an amazing but why would you send to a christian camp if you if like why wouldn't you send to like a muslim camp you know a camp that, that focuses on that religion because i mean because i was already i was already going to this place as a like a hip-hop oh. there were other people that were there that were muslim going to it was like a regular day camp no Got pressure, it. no whatever. But the more and more you build a relationship, then they start talking to you more. And then, you know, so I ended up going to this camp. Um, and it was a life-changing experience. Very, very beautiful time and amazing and everything that you get. And along with that beautiful time, we would have these discussions. Very, very deep-like discussions. And um, often for every question that they asked that made you have to think they had to answer, right? 
and eventually they would teach you the the, the answer is JC. So anyway, mm-hmm. do the big altar call, became a Christian, became very, very involved in Christianity, not like in a normal way, very, very involved, Bible study groups and whatever. And it's a very interesting thing. I was talking to another friend of mine, the people that I think generally, you know, like even in Yiddishkeit, I met a lot of different Garim or or Bali Chuba and stuff like that. A lot of people that do end up coming in and they take the Yiddishkeit very, very seriously are usually people that came from other religions and they also took it very seriously, you know? Mm. And so it's a very interesting thing. So I I know that that, I feel like even still a lot of the fact that I had that experience helps me now, my Vodas Hashem, because, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm already in a space to where um, I'm used to seeking Hashem, you know what I mean? Like after that, I remember 16 years old, 17 years old, I used to close my my door in my room and I would talk to God for hours. My wife was the same way as a kid. Like Really? I would wow. talk to God and cry to him and say, hey, right. yeah, so I was very like, it wasn't like, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 you know, it was just like a thing for me. This was, was really real, unlike, you know, my connection with Islam. So, um, and I want to say right around my, when I got about 19 years old, um, um, that was a very tough time for me. My mother passed away. She overdosed. Um, she was addicted to narcotics. That was a very tough time for me. Sorry, man. Um, and right around that time, uh, so Shim knows what he's doing. Um, I right around that time, I remember um, having the issue, um, you know, with the music at that time also too. It's a very in a very similar space even. You know, that's why I'm very, very my feeling, and this is why even the shifting, that the music that they wanted me to do there was gangster rap, Mama's gangster rap. 50 Cent was very big at that time. And right. and as that shift started to happen, I had an offer from Virgin Records on the table at, at one point, and I started to make the shift. And what I noticed was that my, my, my hebra, this was making me make changes to put me back into the space that I was at you know, before this experience I had at the summer camp, you know, so, so this is already four or five years later. Now, all of a sudden, I'm back in a different type of space where, you know, the gangster rap brought about, you know what I'm saying, gangster things, um, which led me into an altercation with another rapper, um, which was big back then, uh, a lot of going back and forth feuding, um, which eventually led to a kill or be killed situation. And then wow. um, after I was able to get out of that situation and we were able to put things behind us, um, is when, you know, I started to realize that serving God is what I wanted to do. So I started my own personal search and journey after that, which eventually led me to Yiddishkeit. Tremendous. Wow. So, I mean, so when you came to like this, this part in your road where you're like, you're like, okay, I want to go and, and delve deeper into, um, into God. I mean, why didn't you just keep on pushing into like, you know, what you already sort of knew by at that time, like JC, the whole Christianity, or did you sort of throw that off already? And and you're like, that wasn't obviously serving me, fulfilling me. So let me try something else. Yes. I think the thing was, was that um, I had, I had, although I became very strong Christian, I didn't, I, I never connected to the idea of being in church. On Sunday, and church was very, very hard for me to go to. Um, mm. it, uh, you know, maybe because it was more traditional, maybe I'm because I'm a wandering soul or whatever. I, you know, whatever the case is, I sure. found it very, very hard to go um, to church and to join an actual church community. My community was the Union Gospel Mission, 
you know, um, and that was a community center. So I was there every day of the week. And I sort of made a proposition with God, you know, I told him, you know, every day of the week he can have the Sundays was for football. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> right. uh, Nick, Nick and deals with a big man. Yeah. All right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, and if it became between church and the Seahawks, you know what I'm saying? I chose the Seahawks. So I think maybe because, um, not being locked into, and I tried, the truth is, even after that, I tried to, to join and push myself and myself and and it was it was very very hard for me to connect something was missing and it was a, something that was like deeper i wanted more i wanted more so that drive is what led me to start searching um christianity so what i remembered at, at one point after you know getting away from the, the situation altercation i had i started praying and through those prayers i started to to remember that when I was that, you know, young teenager inside the Bible studies class, I had a lot of questions, deep questions that I never felt were like answered about the Old Testament, about, you know, how come if Jesus is Jewish, how come Christians aren't Jewish, you know, and which religion came first. And so I started to just like go to Rabbi Google, man, and, you know, put him right. to work, you know, and, um, and I was That's looking, right. I was looking like, you know, it was like in a very... Yeah, I'm with you. In a very short amount of time, I ended up getting a, um, I ended up starting, I started buying a JPS to now because I wanted to know. Now, also I should mention, one of the things that struck me was I grew up in a Jewish neighborhood, you know what I mean? In Soul Park in Seattle. So yeah. I had never knew anything about my neighbors. I never had too many conversations or anything like that. But you saw um, you so saw I Jews walking around. Were they orthodox? You saw Jews walking sure. around like they were they were orthodox. They were like were strimals the whole night. For nine. sure, uh huh. For sure, for sure. Never never strimals, but you know, black cat, more yeshivish. They had that. Yeah, for sure. And eventually, that was the community I was Magai in, and uh -huh. so. Um, but I, you know, I didn't really have so much a connection. But I always wonder, you know, like, well, what do they believe? How come they don't believe in JC? What's the? And so I think a lot of those questions I started to really started to dig and dig and dig and dig, and I felt like for me, just like all the arrows started pointing to Harsina. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, and I, and it was very it became very and I and it wasn't like straight up like okay. You know, Judaism stands out. There was a reason why I grabbed, you know, JPS Tanakh, Quran. I got a few different versions of the Christian Bible. And I was going at it eight hours a day. I started fasting. I would go three days every week without, without every week I go three days, no food, going down crying to like major Hezbollahists. Didn't know nothing about Rev Nachman. But I'm reading inside the Tanakh. I'm seeing this is what the Tzaddik did. All the other people. This is what they did. They fasted when they wanted to know something from Hashem, and they were looking for Emma. This is this is what they did. So I started to 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 do all of these things, and it was just like everything pointed. Everything started to point to Yiddishkeit. I mean, I think one of the biggest things was that I noticed, and being the person and living the type of life that I lived, I had always thought. All those passages that I, when I, when I went through it for myself, before I only knew what I learned in Bible study or whatever. Now, when I was sitting there going through, like, you know, not for myself, and I realized, hold on, he's talking to the Jewish people. He's not talking to the church, right? And, and when I started to look at, like, this relationship that Hashem has with, this, with these people, no matter what they do, Hashem keeps taking them back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that was the first thing I noticed was, Hashem's Rachamim, you know what I mean? 
And I was like, that's a special relationship. I want to be a part of that. So those were, you know, some of the things that really made me feel like, you know, wow, you know. Um, right. Uh, you know, I want to be my guy. And did you just like stop somebody who was walking down the street one day in the neighborhood and say, hey, how do I, you know, get one of those black ass? How do I join the club? Right. No, no. So <laughs> it was somewhat of a process. Good question. Um, from there, the first thing we went to was a messianic place because um, that was the first things that were coming. Obviously, you're trying to learn about Torah. You're leaving from Christianity. There's for sure a gap in between there that is, you know, trying to be filled by like the Jews for, Ju Jews for JC and, and that type of movement. And so that was like our first step there. I went to enjoy the congregation. Um, again, even though I don't agree with them, very nice people, sweet people. Um, and, and we started going there and it was, and I learned a lot there and at simultaneously while I was going there, I started going to a Chabad, um, and, and Bellevue a little bit out, um, from where I was staying, but I would go there throughout the week. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. And you know, <laughs> in my searches, as I started to try to catch up to yeah. learn, because this place is not just like, uh, you know, a church on the side of the road and, you know, blows a shofar and lights a menorah on Saturday. This was like a serious, you walk in, or like a shul, people are davening at an art scroll, Sidorim, they had palaces and beautiful place. So I didn't know anything. It was so foreign to me that I start trying to find out like, hold on, what is this? What's a Siddur? What's a this? And, you know, and so obviously I went to Chabad.org. That's where I went on, learned a lot on Chabad.org um, and a lot of how-to videos, Mendo Kaplan of uh, Toronto, Flamingo, I was, I was on. So I got into like, and then the more and more I started to grow and grow and grow and grow, the more and more I felt like this is what I was looking for. You know what I mean? It's like, this is, this is what was missing. This, is the, this was the depth of the relationship of a, to Hashem that I, that I was looking for. And, um, and at the, near the, the end of my going there, um, there was a rabbi from Toronto, Rabbi um, Michael Skobak. Who, who follows around a lot of conferences, works for Jews for Judaism, along with Tobias Singer and other guys. So he, Rabbi Skobak, you know, came to a conference, and the conference happened to be in Seattle. I would, it's all Hashgatha, because the, the, the truth is, is that they never do these conferences in Seattle, because the weather, right? It's just like the right, Super Bowl. Sure. <laughs> I doubt they have a Super Bowl in Seattle, right? It's just but, depressing. So, <laughs> just, yeah, it's just depressing. Right? <laughs> so this is the first year, I don't know if they've done it since then, I'm not, not in the mountains, but, but I, I think at least, like, this was the first year ever that they were doing it in Seattle. Rabbi Skoldak's job is he goes around to these conferences and he tries to engage Jews in conversation in order to bring, bring them back. What happens often is you find people that are really, really intrigued. Do they end up getting? They end up getting people that want to be the guy. They really want to, you know. So um, <laughs> instead of going inside the conference, we decided to go. And for the four days I was there, I sat down on the couch with Rabbi Skobak, uh, Rabbi Eli Cohen also too. I think he was in Melbourne, Rabbi Eli Cohen's Kabad. And yeah. he, he worked with Rabbi Skobak. So um, I ended up speaking with both of them, me and my brother-in-law, um, by this time, and after I remember after that, I never ended up going back to the place, and, and um, I started my journey after that. And you just went full on. I mean, like you mentioned, like when you did any religion, any type of spiritual, you know, journey, you just threw yourself into it. But yeah, I feel like you went like next level because you got what your brother-in-law, your wife. I mean, you just like took the whole, you took the whole <laughs> team with you. Like we're all doing this together. <laughs> you know, it was it was much more so like you know. Yeah, I was the one that kind of jumped in at first and I got more interested because, you know, 
like I said, as a kid, I was always a deep thinker. So I was always thinking of more. So that was the initial thing that caught. But I feel like really, you know, we definitely sharpened each other. I think it went from me to my wife, um, which wasn't easy for her to like hear all the new things I was learning about. But eventually she came around and we were on the same page. And then she's very close with her sister. Um, and her sister at the time was dating, you know, my best friend, um, Yosef. So, and we all, we all just were like on an island. You have no idea. You didn't know what to do. And, and it's a very interesting thing when I look back on that time also too, and how special and how awesome it was. Like, you don't even know, you know you're supposed to keep the Sabbath, okay? the Sabbath. What is that? We didn't have right. Chazal, we didn't have Shulchan Aruch, we didn't, we didn't have nothing. So all you have is an emphasis. You're not allowed to, 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 to do anything. I'll tell you a very funny story. So first thing was, I realized that you're not allowed to work. So this is a work you're not, you're not supposed, to, supposed to work. So what I did was, I stopped doing the dishes on Saturday. That was work for me. Right? <laughs> That's a good way of getting out of the work. Hey, Adina, exactly. I, got, I can't work anymore. <laughs> right, exactly. So second thing was, I have to tell you this funny thing. When I was going to the congregation over there, there was one time I left out. I barely had any air in my tire, right? And and I'm leaving. I'm driving. It's on Shabbos. Now, for sure, it doesn't matter because, again, but I want to keep Shabbos. That's my ability. What I know, I don't have Kazal. How do I know I can't drive, right? So I'm driving. But I know, I knew from, 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 from the safe in the Chimio, and the Chimio was upset with the traders at the gate because they were exchanging and doing business on, on Shabbos. Then say you can't carry money on Shabbos. I didn't know anything about Moksa. But I knew from the Chimio I couldn't carry money on Shabbos. So what did I do? I went to a gas station. And I asked the guy at the gas station. I said, listen, I need to fill up my tire here because I have somewhere to go. I don't carry money because it's the Sabbath. And then after the Sabbath, I'll come back and I'll pay you for the air. And he gave me air and I drove off the, drove off the, the shore. So, Huge. you know, just to say, <laughs> but you know what? I know, I know that even, even though I wasn't Jewish yet and even though I, did, I wasn't doing the right thing, even if I wasn't here, but my, my heart was so pure that I wanted to serve Hashem. You understand what I mean? Like I, I wanted to do what was right. And I felt like that eagerness to some degree, like has never left me, you know what I mean? So, um, and in different ways and waxes and wanes with the Hestaponim and Hashem showing his face, but it, it, the, the, that fire for me is like what really has kept me going and, and both of them hasn't died out. Did you have any resistance from other, I mean, it seems like, you know, a bunch of your family members were into it at, at one point. Did you have resistance from other family members, mm -hmm. especially because they were devoted, you know, to other religions? Um, so what, right. what was that like when you said, hey, you know, this is something I want to go down. This is the path I want to take. I feel like at the beginning, yeah, it was rough on everybody for different reasons, you know. Um, and my immediate family on my mother's side, my, you know, my, my father, uh, who is a Christian theologian and professor, uh, was actually the most supportive. You would think that out of anybody, it would be the, the person that's most religious, but he, you sure. know, he's, uh, I would say what you call, you know, real deal and, and, and true Christian in, 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 in the point of, really searching for the truth of what ethics should be and, and, and how to live your life and, and what's, what's really inside the text as much more of his speed. So um, his love for me outshined any of those type of feelings. Um, and then I feel like with the rest of my family, like on my, my mother's side and, and, and the rest of them, and my, my dad, these guys, like I felt like at the beginning it was very hard because 
it's like, forget about what you believe in. What does that have to do with you not being able to have a relationship with me right now? How come I don't get to see the grandkids? How come I don't get, you know, so I, I feel like that because when we went, we ran. It was like Lekwaka, you know what I mean? And I wasn't feel like I was running from something as much as I was running to something. And there was something inside just saying like, nobody's going to understand what, what's going on. Like, I don't even know how to have a conversation about what's taking place inside of my heart and my mind right now. Um, and so on my, my wife's side, who were very, you know, much more stronger Christians are there, it was just sort of like, it's a complete rejection of, of us and everything else. So it was very, very rough and feeling like you're on an island. I feel like, though, know, if you're very, very strong in your point, and eventually people come around. I feel like I have a great relationship with my family now. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like when it's when you don't know yourself or, you know, when I don't know something myself, I'm confused. That's when I feel like my family jump in. They're worried. They're scared. They're trying to put me, bring me to a right. certain place and area. And when you're confident and you show up in a situation, whether it's, it's a, a business idea, whether it's a, a, a religious idea, you want to take something on, that's when they're like, you know what, this is what I'm doing. And they sort of get behind you because ultimately they want the best for you. Right. And, and right. As, as an adult, you know, you don't have all the answers. You're figuring it out. You're all figuring it out. So like, if you're coming in with confidence and like, this is what I'm committing to, then what else can you do but right. to support the person that you love? Right, right, right. And it may take some time, but I think, I think you're, you're absolutely right. thousand percent. And I think within that, it's, it's part of the blessing, right? Because it will take some time, but I think it's just indicators or even God's way of saying like, are you sure you're ready to commit to what you believe in? You know, if it was this easy. Exactly. Then it... exactly. Yeah. So and I mean, you won't, and you won't get to hear, you won't get to hear your own shaman either. You know what I mean? And that's one thing also too, I not, not the slam thing, but we have it even in some communities and even inside the framework. You, if you don't get a chance to hear what Hashem is saying to your neshama, you understand what I'm saying? Crowded by family, crowded by, you know what I'm saying? All the expectations, this one wants you to be there, but you don't hear your neshama. And I feel like even, you know, that's somewhat of like what my responsibilities be as I'm, as I'm dealing with a lot of the youth, you know what I'm saying? In the community, inside our community and the out, outer community, just sort of like, you know, I, I run to do things that don't have nothing to do with me or my Yiddishkeit because I never got to hear my own neshama. I was smothered mm -hmm. by what everybody right. else told me I had to do or being in the, in this system or that and whatever. And I gotta, I gotta have the chance to hear Kol Hashem. You understand what I'm saying? Not to say mm -hmm. we're not listening to our Rebbeim and, and Sadiqim and all that, but even that I'm going to choose carefully. I'm not going to pick a guy just because, you know what I'm saying? He can read a blot of Gamar better than I can. That's for sure not the answer, right? So it has to be that then I can make a calculated move on how to go up and rise and be a Benalia, you know what I mean? So someone who's listening right now who wanted to, who wanted to remove some of the layers between themselves and their, and their own soul, their own neshama, what worked for you that perhaps they can take, you know, on and what's up, what, what are some practices that could help someone find their own inner voice? I think the biggest thing is to feel it, man. I think it's not, you know, so Rashi says, it's at the stands that the heights are disrespected the most. People don't understand the, the, um, the, the power and the co-op of the feeling. Like everything that, that I feel like I was talking to my daughter last night, um, and my daughter, Buffa Shim, she just turned by mitzvah for this. Uh, this wow. Nisa. Mazel tov. Uh, yeah. So, That's you huge. Know, man, getting a few, getting well, a few she, hairs, she, you know. <laughs> I'm going to tell. <laughs> she's one of six, right? One, is she the oldest? Yeah, she's the eldest. She's the eldest. The eldest. Wow. And, um, Look at you, and, Nisa. Yeah, class. so. Um, yeah, she's, so, uh, Mazel tov. Um, but she, 
<clears throat> so I was talking to her about the feel. I was like, you know, because all the time she's been asking me. She loves to sing around the house. And, and Brooklyn Shim, I'm happy we moved to Beit Shemesh. A lot more opportunities for her to be in girls groups for dancing and singing and stuff like that, which, which is really Machai. It's very good for her. Right. Um, but you moved so from where? asked me a lot about like, I moved from Meisharim and Yerushalayim. Yeah. 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 And now I moved to Beit Shemesh. I'm in uh, Gimelstein, very close to Olive, but uh, very, bit of a very change. beautiful neighborhood. So, very, yeah, it's a bit of a change. It was a good one for us, though. Nice. Externally, you would think it doesn't look like it as much, but it's, it's really Geshmach over here. It's Geshmach over there also, too, in a, in a different way. But um, so for her, yeah. it, it, it's sort of like, you know, she starting to ask me, and she's getting older, more questions about, my writing process or when this happened or how did this happen and all that. Cause they see all day long, people coming up to the Abba or they scream, oh, Nisimu, what is this? So I, no, I told her, yes, I said, don't think any of this. And I'm saying this to you, Mayor, I'm saying it to everybody else, all the way from Hashem Aleph, anybody that knows the story that I told to them privately or whatever. None of this came from, I was working my tail off and I was trying to, none of it happened. I was in the fields crying to Hashem. Everything came to me, whether it was the future, we got Elbaz to the next thing or whatever. Everything has only come from me crying out to Hashem. I'm not putting in any extra, I'm not, wait. back in the day, whoa, I used to pull all-nighters in the studio, look up how to market myself and how the other thing I don't have from any of those things. You understand what I'm saying? Everything has been through tefillah. And I was telling her, like, everything I've been able to do because my heart is that I know that the MS is that I need to affect people. You understand? And because of that, I, my only weapon is to feel. So I feel like I was able to hear, you know, coalition, not audibly, obviously, but it, I was able to hear it because the the ability to, and that's how it came to Breslov. I was doing things before I knew about Reb but that's how I knew there's a Rebbe for me because that has been the, the essence of my whole entire existence has been prayer, right? And to see mm. the koach and the, and, the, and the ability of what has been able to, to do for me and for my family and my own personal growth has been like, they, they, nobody can tell me there's anything else. I was just going through Tanakh recently and I'm reading. This is what, this is, this was the Judaism that I connected to. This is, this is what I'm seeing that everybody was doing. It didn't say that, you know, I'm saying Eliyahu and Nabi, um, uh, you know, when he, when he had a problem with the men that came from Amram that he, Instead of calling fire down from heaven, he didn't look up to heaven. He learned the blood of Gemara first, and then now the fire came. No, nah, it's not what happened. He cried out to Hashem. This is how we got out of Mitzrayim. You understand what I'm saying? Those right. crying the press led us to the hard Sinai that we were able to be makabel the Torah. You know, the, the second part is, is that as we're, as we're learning, especially in this door, in this generation, you know, um, and from generation to generation, the meat and potatoes shift. You understand? And I feel like right now, the importance of learning Musa and Hasidus, you know, Hasidus especially, is so huge for the Neshama. You understand what I'm saying? And even going back and learning Tanakh, because like, for me, when, when I read and I look inside the Shmuel, for instance, right? And it says on Shmuel Anavi, or if it says on David Amelech or whoever, and Hashem was with them. That makes my heart yearn and pine for Hashem like crazy, because I wanted to be said in Nisim, and Hashem was with them. You understand what I mean? So to be able to see the, the, the you know that type of relationship inside the text and to read you know you know some form of Hasidism, whether it's 
You know, I'm not just going to plug Welcome to Tamaran. There's Tanya, there's, there's Siva Shalom, you know, right down in front of me. I have Yama Kofma from uh, my Mortgage Fund right now. But certain things that that get into the blood right now, you know what I'm saying? Oh, right now, to be able to help a person stir, move his heart towards Hashem, you know? Straight to the essence, you know, removing all the blockages. All you got to do is, of course, the sitter and all these different prayer books are fantastic to give us some sort of guidelines that even connect with Hashem in a deep level. But like you just said, it's just like this, say it in your own words, get out there, connect with, you know, with your inner self, your soul to Hashem and to, um, and to really give yourself over. I think like you, back in the day, I know for myself, my own hustle from even just comparing it from a few years ago, I try to control everything. I try to take everything. It was all me to take in my own ego to try to get the, you know, put in the efforts to get the results that I want. And, and if it wasn't what I wanted, then I just beat myself up because I always felt it was all in my power. And if I wasn't getting what I needed, then I was good enough. I wasn't strong enough. and I wasn't able to do it up. And now the shift to realizing that none of it is me, you know, it's all gifts, you know, whatever I have, I'm able to do, whether it's saying a word or creating a video or using my creativity, these are all just gifts on loan. And they're all for the purpose of, you know, sharing a positive message, a higher message that, you know, that God right. wants from me. And then I can just do what I can and just be a vessel and just, and so the, there's less anxiety, there's less pressure, there's less any of those types of emotions right. because I'm just, I'm moving and shaking. I'm doing it. And, you know, if God wants it, great. If not, not, it's, and, and it's all, and it's all good. It's all good. Um, as it's it comes all along. Good. All good. Right. For sure. For sure. Right. 100%. So I, so I'm, de I definitely relate to, to what you're sharing, what you're saying. What, when it came to like the actual, um, you know, you're, you're in, you came to the community, was it something, and you got integrated to the community, was there something that surprised you that you didn't um, know about Judaism or about the culture that you're like, oh, whoa, wait a second, this is like, whether it's, you know, negative or positive or something, but something that, that took you by surprise that you just, you know. You mean you besides Pachau? Besides what? Yeah. Besides Pachau? And, uh, <laughs> what? That, that must have been like, what the hell is this thing over here? Wow, yeah, I bet. You know, <laughs> you know, it's funny. You know, also in the same vein, I was somewhere at a show, and the first time I heard, you know, um, let's sing a nigga, you know what I mean? That was oh, also shoot. like a, a moment for me. <laughs> I oh, said, say what? <laughs> Say that one more time. <laughs> oh, so uh, you know, but not not too much. You know, I feel like I, to some degree, I I I grew very, I grew, I mean, to some degree, it was fast, but at the same time, I grew strong enough and slowly at a good pace to where you know, not too many things caught me off guard. I remember my first Yom Kippur, though, standing, and I was just like, yeah, you're willing to do this every year? You're going to do this one right here? You know what I mean? Right. And, uh, <laughs> but the, by the time you get to, it's something about it that by the time you get to, you know, Nihila or whatever, it's like, you know, this is this is what it's all about. This is what life is all about. So, uh, yeah, maybe other than those experiences, uh, mm. I've been all right. Right. What, what, what has been like one of the more challenging, um, you know, I guess, lifestyles to take on when you, you know, switching to committing to an Orthodox lifestyle? I mean, one of the biggest things, obviously, you don't look like everybody around you. Right. And so yeah. and from a from a celebrity standpoint, that's OK, because everybody knows you and you're on people's YouTubes or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but then like dealing with it and integrating um, family members, which is, a, that's, that becomes a little bit tougher, you know what I mean? And the constant mm -hmm. reinforcement of 
you know, your beauty, your co-op, your, your value um, is very, very huge. And so for me, um, you know, we, we have to reinforce in certain places that maybe other people don't have to necessarily reinforce. So um, I feel like that, that has been one of the challenging things um, that, you know, you come in expecting also too. But to be honest, I feel like it's been, you know, less bumpier than it has been maybe for other people in that regard. Um, in terms of being in Israel, integrating into the society here to where like, you know, you have to get to a place, especially, it's one thing to come from America, that's already a culture shock, but to come from black America, you know, there are certain codes and rules that, you know, because if you've been in America so long, you don't, you don't realize that there's, there's a whole nother planet you know, basically yeah, right. across the, across the ocean that does not, you know, the, those rules don't apply. Waiting in lines, cutting you, bumping you, step on your foot, you know what I'm saying? Over talking to you, yelling at you, I just met you, you know, all these things. Um, right. <laughs> I don't know you, but there's, <laughs> you're, you're screaming, right. they're screaming, why are we screaming? <laughs> so this like all means something different to me from where I grew up and where I am. So, um, you know, people staring at you, the whole thing. So that, that whole like space was something that's been hard. But I mean, after a while you get used to it, you know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> but it, that's free, I, I get you. I mean, even like, you know, people who grew up Jewish the whole life and go into Israel is, is a whole culture shock. So it's, you know, even more so. A hundred percent. I often thought of like, you know, like, I think it was a good friend of mine who said, like, you know, he would want to see, like, my my boys, like, from the hood, take a trip, like, from the hood, and then come to Israel, and, like, see them in Ben Sharim and are at a Kish, and just, like, watch that experience, you know what I mean? Like, you talking about comedy? That was yeah. the most comedic thing ever. Oh, dude, you know? that would be <laughs> hilarious. Yo, boys, meet me at the mikvah, man, 7 a.m. <laughs> Say what? I don't think you can pay anybody from where I grew up to walk inside and make fun. <laughs> <laughs> we are no longer friends, Nissen. We are no longer friends. Why Nissen, man? Why, why, why the word? Why did you choose from all the? Why, why did you choose that name, Nissen? What the, the name Nissen came from? Um, well, really, I had to have a name before I went to the base. Then, in order for it to be written on my ketubah, you had to be a name you you were known by. Yeah. Um, so I, were taking, I was taking different suggestions from different friends. And um, Nisim was one of the ones that just sort of stuck with me. I remember when I was looking at one of the past presidents or something like that in the shore that I was. And the name just, I don't know why, it just sounded like it, it, it was, you know, a name for me. So I was going between that name and another name. I still wasn't set. And um, I remember going to shul early for Mincha. And I was talking to him. I was talking to him about a name that I wanted the name to be, you know, um, I was already familiar with Rav Nachman that talked about, you know, the names that a parent gives to a child is, is Rav Kodesh, you know what I mean? And, and so Hashem was my only father. So Hashem, now I need you to give me a name. What's the name? So between Nisim and I think the other name was Yehoshua, I was, I was davening about. Um, I put my hand behind the benches to grab a scissor, and the name on it was Nisim. It belonged to a guy named Nisim. So I realized that uh, it was Mina Shemaim. Then Whoa. after that, I thought, you know, it came to me last Hanukkah, 
because somebody else was asking me this. And and I thought about it. I was born, you know, I was born Zion Kislev. You know what I mean? And um, Zion Kislev is in, Kislev is the month of miracles. You know what I mean? So it's the month. And you know what else? People think it's a funny, but it's the darkest time of the year. I happen to be one of the darkest Jews I know. You know what I mean? So I start with a lot of connections. Like I shouldn't plant this uh, from the beginning. And on top of that, it's the month of donuts. And I love donuts. You know what I mean? My man, <laughs> it was just a sign from God. That was it, man. Just a little drizzle. Right. So is there within, talking about names, is is there within you still like some D Black? Is it still D- Damien Jamal? Is he still in there with you? Or is he someone just like, you know, Barry put this aside and, you know, that's the past? Yeah, I look at it as a very um, buried individual to some degree. You know, you never lose your, your mama lotion. So my, my tongue, like, you know, I have to find a way, like, for instance, for, you know, coming to, to music, you know what I'm saying, even years ago, was sort of like, you know, how do I, you know, I don't even speak the same way I used to when I was, you know, on the club. But there's a lotion, there's a language, there's how you speak, and there's how you say words, and there's a whole sort of thing. So I, I really felt like I had to sort of tap into um, that space to be able to pull out the language. It's so different than, you know, People who live in America from a long time, from from England or whatever, when they get around their friends and they hear you hear a bunch of Cheerios and Chows and everything else that you never heard, you know, while the guy was back in New York, you know what I'm saying? But when he gets right. around this, you know, so it's always, you know, for me, trying to figure out how to how to keep my relatability um, as much as I as I needed to be able to 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 speak to people. So true. I mean, like as I identifying yourself, I mean. Do you feel like you're not black enough and not Jewish enough at times? Like, how do you navigate that, that, you know, that sphere? Did you feel like, especially like when you were doing like all like maybe the Hashem Melech's more, like, do you feel like the community back at home, like, yo, what, this guy, like, what's up? Like, he's losing his, losing his way or, or right. and like vice versa. All right. I feel like they is a big question that you struggle with and you, when you go through, because you, you know, you can't go talk to a rabbi about that. You know right. I'm yes. I mean, seriously. Yes. It's, it's like it's just not. You know what I'm saying? You, I mean, you can go talk to whoever you want, but you're not gonna feel necessarily comfortable. I feel like that person's gonna know where you're coming from. You, you understand what I'm saying? Because there's a long list of line of, of of history and everything else that comes along with it. But it definitely is a struggle because you know, you you have to. Uh, you know, I said this before in the interview that even from going into it, you're going into a space to, to where you know the risk is, at least mentally. We make a lot of mental calculations, right? Even if they're not true, but we mentally, you know, look at things. You go into a space of saying to, 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 to saying where I'm, I'm making this move consciously knowing that I can be alienated from everybody. Like, you know, Black people are going to look at me and say, wow, this guy thinks he's white. You know what I'm saying? Look at him. Or, you know, Jewish people are going to say, oh, well, he's black. He's not Jewish. You know what I mean? He's, he's from them. So you don't know really what's what's going to be. Um, so, you know, my main focus has, has been upwards. You know what I mean? And I think the thing that's helped me the most cope with it was making my relationships um, vertical and not horizontal, meaning that you know, my focus is, is Hashem. You understand what I'm saying? And, and I feel yeah. like as long as my head is in that space, then I don't have to worry about 
this one thinks or that one thinks or this one thinks that, you know, because those are very, very horizontal things. And I mean, just very down here, very down here type of things, you know. And so mm. it's been a hard space. And I have, I, to say I haven't struggled with it, I definitely have struggled with it. You know what I'm saying? Even the more and more, when I had to go back home um, recently, the last two years ago, I've been back home maybe three times and different things like that. But it's sort of like, it's, it's, it's I, mean, I was at a game one time, right? And it's mm-hmm. not that people want to learn. I know, I know from that, I'm from that world. It's not what, you know, it's like a guy coming up to you just like, listen, pounding you on your Yiddish guy because he read something on the internet. Right. He read about the midriffs and the town or whatever. But unless you're involved and you come from something, you really don't know. Even us as a year, you know what I'm saying? As a year, we can't really talk about what the sewers say inside the Quran because we don't know. We don't know how they interpret those things and how they looked at it because you can read the Torah upside down also, but we, we you know, there's a whole Masar behind that that people don't know, right? right? So even growing up in there, one thing that I know for sure from that space, Black people, we're spiritual people. God-seeking, God-fearing, looking for, you know what I'm saying? These, that's, that's, that's a space of where the, not always doing the right thing. You can sit, sit on the corner with a, with a guy who is living probably the most treacherous life and have the most uplifting and amazing conversation about God because that's where the heart is. It's, a, it's an amazing dynamic, right? Wow. So for me to go back into these spaces, you know, me and my, even with friends have been approached, it's like, man, I want to know about Judaism from somebody that looks like me, right? Because right. there's a certain distrust I have with people that are not of people of color, right? But because you look like me, I want to hear what your take on it is. Now I now I can hear you. So to some degree, you know, that struggle is is it's been a struggle, but it's it's also been helpful and been able to to be able to spread a shim for other people that that may not know. And I feel like, you know, even doing like the Motherland Bounce video was like a big Kiddush Hashem. A lot of those guys had the impression that Jews hate black people, like period. We're from New York, we're from Brooklyn. This is this is what we know. And when right. I went to see how many men came over, took pictures with me, and all that, it just was like, man, wow. They were asking me after, man, how do I, can I keep this back of show? You know, like, <laughs> like man, you can talk. I want to view, I want to know, I want to know. You know mm. what I'm saying? I get hit up with rappers. Other rappers, famous rappers, I want to know, man. I want to really, you know, so it's a very, very, you know, important, important struggle I had to go through to be able to feel comfortable enough to know that the main focus is upwards and not, not horizontal. Right, to stay grounded in that. And I think that's something that you bring to point. Like, I think we don't, I, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I just know, you know, of course, like the movies, you know, the, the, the gospel scenes and like, you know, the, you know, the, the, the preachers right. and, the, and, but like, there's a, there's a strong, you know, there's a strong foundation in spirituality and, and God seeking that, that I think perhaps, I mean, I've heard in some conversations with, um, through interviews with some rappers, like the way they pray is through their rap, you know, it's, it's through, the, it's, it's right. through the way they, they connect and that's how they, they express themselves to the not, not just what they're feeling, but also through, through a higher power. Right, 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 for sure. That, that's that's tremendous. I mean, and and I, I suppose it's what you can do what you do, but then like, here you are also raising a family in in, in perhaps right. in a foreign land, but not really. It's home, you know. It's it's Israel, but also it's different. Right, right. Um, it's so it's right. like I suppose they they're coming up with on their own their own struggles, their own challenges. Is is there something? How do you how do you be there for them, and how do you teach them something which which you had never been taught yourself? 
Right. I mean, I think the biggest thing is you can't give what you don't live, right? So any type of chizik or any type of strength, you know what I'm saying, unless me and my wife are, you know, are showing that, you know, um, then then they won't then they won't take to it neither. So I think the biggest thing is leading by example, um, showing them. Yeah. I teach my kids, you know, not to um, – I try to. Now, if you see them do anything, it wasn't because of me because I tell them not to do that. Um, but, <laughs> sure. I, you know, I definitely try to uh, – let it be known. Instilling them, you know, <laughs> instilling them a Havasi to love people no matter what. You know, I was interviewing with some, some I wasn't even interviewing. Somebody had messaged me um, the other day and we were going back and forth. And it was, you know, she was, she was a kid. She, she, she has problems with the fact that she feels like there are, there's a lot of racism or whatever amongst, um, amongst Jews. And now the truth is, I told her first off, the first thing is for me is that. People have said to me, you know, after the incident, we're trying to get the kids in school and all this other stuff that the media, some of it got blown out of proportion, but whatever the case is, it was my struggle and, and it was out there. Now, for me to like... Do you want to talk about that for a second? Leave, Do you want to say what that was? What was that? I mean, I just had a tr trouble getting my daughter into school. Some Let's people had trouble getting their kids into school in, in, um, in Yerushalayim because, you know, the shade was too long. Uh, some people because they wear black stockings and not the stockings the same color of your skin. Some people don't get it. You know, mine was because my daughter was black. Okay, next. You know, <laughs> like, um, okay. you know, and and some mm -hmm. some of the times it was because of my career because I was rapping. You know, and right. whatever the case was, we had our struggles that we had to go through, right? Um, so which is somewhat of another extension. Not all the time is it directly, but some people understand also to their their. I'm not talking about a style of music. You either like something or you don't like it. So that could be that could be one thing. Yeah. But to have an idea and culturally associate bad things to a form of music, even when you see that the individual was not like that, that's where it becomes sort of like, okay, hold on, you're touching me into a space that I'm not really at. You understand what right. I'm saying? So, um, and right. so I, that was, and I, that was, a, and I that think, was a struggle. Right. I think people who are maybe listening who are not so familiar with, like, you know, with with the the communities that you're talking about, like you may say, wait a second, what's the, con like, how could you compare not accepting a girl who's, you know, from color of her skin and like someone who doesn't have a certain length of shato or wig or it's two different mm -hmm. worlds, but in, in these worlds, mm -hmm. it's like literally, I mean, would you say, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like, it's just, it's the same thing. It's like, this is, these are the standards. These are the thing. Um, and, and that's what, and that's, we're not going to, we're not going to bend any of our rules because we have a certain way of we're trying to live or a community that we're trying to build. Right, right. And it's a, it's very cookie cutter. And to some degree, you know, whatever. I understand it to a certain degree, but then there's a larger part of me, obviously, that doesn't understand it. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, other principles. It's hard, man. Yeah, uh -huh. I, I know. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, even I'm saying it out loud, it's like, I don't know. I mean, like, stockings is one thing, but but like you said, it's your struggle, and and, 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 and well, I'm saying color of skin is, is a whole another ball game. Let's be honest. I mean, let's go deeper to yeah, the shovel, sure, right? For sure, for sure. Right. For right, sure, but, for sure, for sure. But I, it's, but a thousand percent, it's a thousand percent wrong. All I'm saying is that I'm never a guy to be like, oh yeah, I don't see any part of the other side. I understand what they, it's a it's a foreign thing. You understand? People are afraid of things that they don't know. That's right. a natural certain fear that we have that we don't we don't know we don't understand. And and unfortunately, another thing I understand, I guess the biggest part I understand is that you know not everybody. <laughs> 
majority of people, let's just keep it honest, majority of people yeah. are not holding in the place of Mr. Sorrell. They're not a, in, in holding in a place of, you know what I'm saying, loving my neighbor as much. And nobody's, we're not all holding there, right? right? So for me to hold against people that, you know what I'm saying, in one second could turn around and speak less your heart about this person or that, we've got problems. We all got problems, you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, sure, so I'm sure. Looking at it is, I'm, saying, I'm looking at it and saying that I can understand that's human nature. You understand what I'm saying? What I, what I, from the other part of it, what I don't understand is that you can't tell me, as you know, one Menahel told me, like, oh, we change the the whole dynamic of the school by letting your kids in, because then we have to focus more on teaching obviously as well than we were the missing. Right? You know what I'm saying? He didn't say be you, but that's what he's saying. Right. He's the, the that's crazy. So yeah, what sure. I'm saying is that these things is now take all that into account, right? And I was saying this in the conversation, talking to this to this. Uh, young lady going to message me about it and her problems that she's having internally about the, the lack of love and care. Now, the truth is, in my own experience, I have no idea what people are saying inside the dining room and the WhatsApp groups, right? But in my own personal experience is that I've received much more love from Claudia Sorrell, a love that I never even knew. You understand what I'm saying? Mm. Compared to the, the little bit of hate and bad comments or whatever else that I've received from people, right? That you, you know what I mean? So right. for me, it's not even a comparison. Number two, even though it hurts you more, right? Obviously, number two. But the number two is, for me, is like, you know, the fact that Shaul wanted to kill David Amelech, right? Didn't stop David Amelech from saying, no, this is Hashem's anointed, right? So yeah. if, if, if Hashem already knew that, you know what I'm saying, we would be a stubborn people, if Hashem already knew that we wouldn't follow all of, all of Hashem's Torah and precepts and everything, and still he loves us enough to be able to say, you're a special people unto me, right? Now I'm going to be upset because the guy didn't let me into school. I, I'm, I'm obligated to love God Yisrael regardless. So I'm not going to now say now, oh, wow, you know, I got to flip out and leave and kick everything around. Why would right. I leave? All of the, the awesome kedusha and and and, and experience and levels of, of loving and serving Hashem behind you know a spider being in the room. You understand what I'm saying? So True. it's like it doesn't even make sense to me. So you know, as much as there has been those struggles, I sort of like that's the place I'm coming from, and even that's the way I'm accounting for my children. You know, so I'm trying. That you try you're not just trying but you're thriving man it's 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 an incredible um yeah you're you know paving some really new paths that have never really been done before so it's you know you're 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 pioneering it and um yeah much aslacha and success to you and, and and strength to you and your family and 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 no and of course you know this you don't have to hear it from me but like you know of course you, you know you and you're finding your groove you're, you move to a new community and you're finding your, your your support but you know that you're loved and supported and and uh, and admired by by uh, the message that you're showing up and sharing with the world. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. You. What is um? So what's in the pipeline for for Nisim and what's what's what what can we look forward to now? What's uh? Where's this going? Where's this new brand? This new make? Yeah. Heading. I think really, you know, just really, I'm just expounding, man. I'm walking, you know, in a, in a shoes palace, going to all the different rooms, and you know, what I'm saying and figuring it out really as I. As I as I get there, you know, Baruch Hashem, two years ago I was invited. Unfortunately, it was the last administration because um, this one is much more entertaining, at least to say the bit. I don't care what side anybody's on, 
I know that the White House is a show right now. <laughs> yeah, okay. I got you. <laughs> I wish I kind of would have been able to, to go here, man, because I got a lot of questions right now. Um, but I, I was in the last administration, I was invited to the White House to come for the Hanukkah party or whatever. And I remember going into room to room, room in room, you know, watch all the different president rooms or whatever. And, and I was just like, each space is like its own, you know, little space. It's really a gallery, Who can, you know, whatever the case is. But I sort of feel like right now that's what I'm doing. I'm going like in whichever way that Hashem pushes me, I feel led, you know what I'm saying? Obviously within the space that I feel proper and correct, but I'm sort of going there and I want to reach as many Hashemites as I possibly can in the world, you know what I'm saying? Both Jewish and non-Jewish. Everybody, to, to you know, and I feel like it's it's an important role. It doesn't it doesn't get said enough, um, uh, and it doesn't get pushed enough. Obviously, for obvious reasons, but for a person like me, if I have a particular cultural that can be able to help um, push things forward and make Hashem's name known amongst the nation, I gotta do my job. So really, I'm just really focused on that space. We're making. Um, new music. I have so much music. I have like three albums worth of music. You know what I mean? Um, wow. It's wow. Like, yeah, so we're doing that. Working on a new video. I'll probably be shooting a new clip next week. Um, wow. And uh, yeah, I just think more work. I'm not really taking it. I've meant to meet with a lot of big record labels. If something happens, it happens. I really like being independent also. So because I sort of have that freedom of space to be able to do my own thing. Um, so I'm just staying very, very busy and, and trying to stay as active as possible and get more content out. That's a, that's incredible. And um, to, to end, what's a great day for Neeson Black? Great day. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, a, a great day for me is, um, I think any day where, you know, my kids, are happy and had enough joy in playing in the day to where they could come home and be so exhausted that they fall asleep early. That's a great day for me. Um, <laughs> um, I feel you. Outside of that, you know, especially uh, <laughs> with all the quarantine. I mean, now Brooklyn Ship is open a little bit. My kids will probably be back in school next week. Um, we help them out one more week because I have a boy with asthma. So um, I think by next week we'll probably send them back. But um, I mean, just right now, that's just been the biggest thing for me, joining, feeling accomplished, getting the things done that I have to do in the day, you know what I'm saying, which comes to be a lot of tasks. And, and any day when I've been able to sit and, and learn and be able to spend time with the shim, like, these are beautiful things. Any day that, you know, my wife is happy. Happy wife, happy life, you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. And a big shout out to, to Adina, the wife, you know, because behind every good man, man, is a great woman. And no doubt she's a foundation. Nisim, where where could people uh where could people find find you and 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 on social media website uh where, where, where you at on the interweb? Um, you can find me on both Instagram and Twitter at Nisim official. Um, and I think uh, if you you know look obviously Nisim Black Nisim official .com. Um, Also, we have on uh, Facebook Nisim backslash Nisim music. Um, uh, I just started this TikTok thing, and I really hey. sure I was gonna. Do it. All right. Uh, probably not see any crazy dances. <laughs> you won't see any of that, and maybe the most boring TikTok. But you know, people's on there, so I need to be there. Um, Straight and, up. Uh, yeah, I feel you, man. 
So it makes him warm. Yeah. So those are all the places. Oh, you can come find me at this also. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, we look forward to it. God willing, very soon. Nissim, thank you so much for taking the time today. Wishing you lots of success, happiness, love, and continued strength to keep on doing the holy work that you're doing, man. Hey, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. You too. Keep going. Only you know problems. it. Thanks, Nissim. Love you, man. See you soon.